0: the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening
1: to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401 392-1025. Check out their website lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025. On DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Rhode Island's number one garden center. Stop it and see them. PR landscape materials in garden center. They're just terrific. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. You can uh, find them on Facebook. They have a very effective Facebook page. They update it. It's Steve and Debbie. It's junior and Byron shop local. And right now for the month of May, hibiscus bushes. They have uh, mandavillas, beautiful colors, all assorted colors, annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, mulch, loam, stone, located right off of Route 4. It's 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. You know, they um, they did some great gifts for Mother's Day. They even had some palm trees that maybe you want to put around the pool, but a gift certificate there. You have Father's Day coming up, maybe an anniversary why not make sure your yard property looks as best it could and the place to stop in and see them is PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. As I said, right off Route 4, stop in and see them. You know, they have great customer service. Shop local. And there's a difference. A lot of times the big box stores, by the time you get home, I'm willing to bet that whatever it is you purchase may not make it. Uh, but they have such a great selection, and it's the real deal. And you get to help a local business, family-run, and uh, and shop local as well. I love it. PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. They are. I love. They're open seven days a week, and they're so helpful and thoughtful. And, again, on Facebook, you can see their, you know, the great selection they have. I'll tell you, Debbie is just really amazing. Stop in and see them. Well, folks, um, you know, I, I don't take this lightly, but— you know, don't look now, but we are in fact talking about a potential gas crisis here. So, over one thousand gas stations have run out. Starting to see long, long lines. It's a state of emergency in Virginia, and the Biden people are just—you know—they're just incompetent about it. They are. And guess who's in charge of the of the gas crisis right now? They're not calling it that, but it has to do with—you know—the the pipeline. And uh and you guessed it. Secretary Ramundo. Fresh off the the uh photo op last Wednesday with the vice president. What was that all about? Vice President Harris. Did she go to the border? No. Where did she go? She went to a bookstore in Providence with governor with the uh, Secretary Ramundo. Well that's good. I guess that's a good use of time. You know, World War three is breaking out in the Middle East, and now you have gas stations that are running out anyone that remembers and i do like many of you uh i remember i wasn't driving yet but i remember the summer when jimmy carter was president and you had the gas crisis and the even odd days of when you went to gas up i mean this is a joke i'll tell you this this stuff about they want everything with wind energy and they're so against oil and gasoline and president biden the first thing he did when he came in was shut down the keystone pipeline and now we're dealing with something like this like are you kidding me so if this had any indication in that there's there's no telling there's no guarantee that this is going to be solved anytime soon i mean they're saying they hope by the end of the week but this is a major problem i mean the cyber attack that forced the closure of the top us fuel pipeline that, that's threatening right now to disrupt gasoline supplies for we're talking millions and they're saying it's going to be at least till the end of the week until they try to get this thing under control i mean there's no there's no guarantee on that by the way and that also doesn't mean look out now so who knows where this thing this could go and the other there's several problems that's that's obviously number one and another obvious problem is this whole business of, of the lack of people that are actually looking for jobs because they're already getting paid. And there's nothing to enforce it. There's nothing to try to force or get people back into the workforce. And as I've told you, if, if people will pay you not to work, people will take the money. So you have the gas gas crisis, you have, you know, now you have the jobless claims, and a a worker shortage. You also have. I love this headline: Hamas tests Israel and Biden. Iran's Palestinian ally reignites its conflict with the Jewish state. That's exactly what's going on. That is exactly what what's going on. What do you think so far? Do you think they're intimidated by President Biden? Do you think they're thrown by President Biden? were they doing this under president trump of course not and israel knows that now this this is a problem you also have certain representatives like that representative omar who's taking the sides of hamas against our ally israel and that's wrong but let's just stay just for a moment um you know i'm encouraging everyone to just gas up as much as you can because already you are hearing in our area that that things are starting to, you know, there's there's going to be a problem. Um, I'm looking at a headline: Biden administration grants Vineyard Wind its final major permit. That that's I I have, I have no problem with that as far as using wind as another form of energy, but it can't be the form of en, of uh, energy. You know, I also saw a headline in the Boston Globe asked in a poll to name a prominent Asian American. The top answer was, we don't know. They're going after the fact that apparently the vice president is part. Listen, you know, people are busy trying to survive. You know, excuse me if people are not fully up on, you know, the latest, whatever woke element is of the first of this and the first of that. And isn't this tremendous? And oh my god and the gender and it's about time and smashing ceilings and did you understand people are are trying to stay healthy people lost family members parents are trying to get things under control with their children and masks and the summer camps uh and now you have but but the gas emergency that that's major the fact that the virginia governor has signed an executive order declaring a state emergency in the state gasoline supply disruption now this could also affect and will affect jet fuel this is a major major problem and there's no guarantee as i said that it's going to just disappear and go away nope the biden people uh they need to get serious about this and talk about you know we're uh, coming up now two weeks to memorial day uh i don't i don't see a lot they can They can try to hide him and try to pretend that everything is going terrific. But, you know, we know the truth. It's not. It's not. And already the things are starting to pile up. The vice president never even went to the border. What kind of management is that? What kind of management is that, that you have someone that you put in charge of the border crisis, which, again, is another crisis that we're dealing with? and can't even go in can't even go down there won't even fully address the situation you know instead their routine seems to be deny just pretend it's not a crisis right the new york times apparently was running a headline saying there were no lines at gasolines well all the local southern newspapers in atlanta 20 percent of the the gas stations didn't have gas and the New York Times is saying there, there's, there's no gas problem. There's no, uh, there's no crunch on gas. You know, see, this is the follow-up. This is the way they operate, much like last summer. Um, who burned down the city? Who was rioting and looting? We don't know because all we saw was peaceful protesters. I mean, this starts to be their answer for everything. There's a worker shortage. No, there's not. There's no worker shortage. Do you, what, do you think people want to just stay home? Yes yes as a matter of fact i do i think uh they do want to just stay home how about the guy that put up the uh, billboard don't blame trump you're stuck with the two and he uses the term "blankheads." anti-biden billboard angers locals who are demanding removal (laughs) whatever happened to freedom of speech vulgar to be removed you know all this stuff against president trump that, that for some reason that was fine But boy, they don't like when it goes the other way. I'll tell you that much. Not in any way. Somebody decided to put it up. It's a little crass. It's not the best billboard I've ever seen, but not the worst. So somebody wanted to put it up. So let them pay for it. But the gas thing is something to watch without question. Uh, That is a problem. And it's a major problem. And it's going to get worse. So as much as they tell you it's not a problem and da-da-da, uh, I advise you to gas up. Folks, it's Sean Petro. Hey, I want to remind you that if you were in you, someone you know, family member, friend, co-worker, in an auto accident or a motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, domestic abuse, dog bite, hey, listen, you need to fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation with Jack Calvino. Personal injury law, 50 years personal experience. Over 100 years for the total combined staff. Fight back, call Jack. Free consultation, 785-9400. You are entitled to be compensated for your injuries, but you need a fighter. Fight back, call Jack. The website, by the way, I love it. Fightbackcalljack.com. But again, if this is someone, if you're listening right now, AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, or maybe online at the website topetro.com, if you were in an auto accident or a motorcycle accident or a slip and fall or workplace injury, domestic abuse, dog bite, listen, pick up the phone, free consultation. You need a fighter. Unfortunately, I wish I could tell you they're just going to hand it over to you. And I'm talking about being compensated for what you're entitled to be compensated for. But you need a fighter. You need Jack Calvino. Fight back. Call Jack. 401 401- 785 9400 Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Fight back, call Jack, or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Again, hey, you are minding your own business, suddenly you're in an auto accident or a workplace injury, slip and fall. Hey, you deserve to get what you're entitled to. That's all I'm talking about. I wish I could say they just hand it over to you, but they don't. So that's why you need a fighter, Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400 401-785-9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Folks, it's Sean DePietro. Now remember, visit the website, com. We have unique stories there that you won't see anywhere else. com. Which is, which is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Hey, it's time for a great meal. Stop in and see them. Direct link at the website, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. A Rhode Island tradition since 1977. The Cohesit Inn restaurant has a rich history and delicious food. Very affordable prices. Biggest bar in Rhode Island. Take a ride. They'd love to see you. The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue. And, again, you can you can link right through at the website. You can always call them. Do a little takeout if you like. 826-4726. Make a reservation. The Cohesit Inn. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Have you been thinking about updating your website?
0: or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MIGA, M-E-G-A, MIGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates 336 2110 It's mega truck and trailer repair. Gowan of the Boston Globe. Hello, Dan McGowan.
0: Hey, John. How are you doing?
1: Good. Dan, I want to start off. Uh, last Wednesday, that was uh, quite a day you had. You were part of the traveling press pool with Vice President Harris, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. I've read a lot of uh, your tweets and different coverage, but now that you've had a little chance to kind of soak it in, take us inside what that day was like.
0: Yeah, it was uh it was strange. You know, I told you last week that, that one of the things, the strangest part about it was the late night call I got the day before when I was told you have to get a test, so come to you know this this random hotel in Providence and we'll get you taken care of. Shows you the uh the ability that the vice president's people have to, you know, make things move. Um, you know, Wednesday was an interesting day because I have never done any sort of press pool before. And for, for listeners, basically, that's, you know, the vice president, the president often have a traveling press corps that literally covers every movement of the day. Um, in fact, sometimes it can be quite boring if you think about it. It's, you know, you're, you're just kind of waiting to be able to maybe ask a question, most, most oftentimes not even ask a question, and you're just chronicling what is happening. But, you know, for, for a local reporter like me, it's fun to be able to, you know, to, to, to jump into that. And, um, you know, we, we started our day at TF Green, uh, had to get checked by, you know, the air, uh, airport security, kind of had to get checked, had to go through, you know, everyone had to, had to go through our bags and things like that, you know, for to check our laptops and stuff like that. And then um, what was interesting is, Uh, you know, the, the entire congressional delegation was there. Uh, Governor McKee showed up. It was, you know, essentially a greeting line uh, for Air Force Two. We were right on the, uh, on the ground there as, as the secretary or as the vice president, uh, uh, you know, came off, um, you know, came off her flight. And, uh, you know, she spent a bunch of time kind of talking to, Uh, you know, talking to the delegation, talking to Governor McKee. What I learned in that moment from the from the traveling press was the vice president uh, is not particularly press friendly. She is not somebody who likes to come over and chat with, you know, the people who follow her around. She's pretty private. Um, And I thought that was really interesting. And I noticed that throughout the day there was very little, uh, you know, interaction uh, in the way that, you know, you interact with Governor McKee or I interacted with, you know, Governor Ramundo at the time. There's not a lot of banter. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, even even small talk. Um, but what was, what was really interesting about the day was we really – we knew that we were going to be at a couple of different locations for some roundtable conversations, but they really kept it on the wraps. We did not know that we were going to go – to the east side to that uh the to, to books on the square for that yeah. kind of random stop to, to uh for the vice president to buy you know a couple of books uh we were not told sort of when you know when we had to be at certain locations and then once we were there you were kind of blocked off you couldn't go you know we were uh we were at the deval square in providence for a Uh, You know, business accelerator kind of program conversation, and weren't allowed to go outside once we were inside. So there's a lot of very tight security, and that's one thing that you notice right away. But you know, overall, very interesting day. Again, didn't get a lot of access to the vice president. There was a moment where uh, I thought I was going to get a question in, and I was pretty much cut off, and the vice president walked away, which was you know humorous and something you learn as a as a local person, but. Um, you know, fun day, it was, I thought, and I wrote about this, I think, you know, for all the conversation, and there's a legitimate discussion to be had about whether she needed to be in Rhode Island last Wednesday, at the same time, for the folks who were there, who got to meet her, who got to talk about sort of their struggles um, as small business owners, uh, I think it was incredibly meaningful uh, and, and you know what, when you're when you're able to tell your story to the vice president, to the, the secretary of commerce, you know, they may not be using that information day to day, but it is part it does become sort of part of their talking points, part of the you know, conversation about, uh, you know, various policy initiatives that they want to do. In fact, Governor Ramundo, or I'm sorry, Secretary Ramundo, I talked to her briefly about this whole situation about uh, unemployment and the extra $300 that a lot of business owners are very concerned about. And sure enough, she ends up getting asked a bunch of questions about this on face the nation a couple of days later. Yes. So, so, you know, it was, it was, uh. a, it was a very interesting day. Um, You know, it was a lot of kind of uh, stop and start, right. It, it, there wasn't a ton of interesting news that took place, but still, uh, it, you know, it was fun to be a part of it's fun to cover.
1: And, and David Cohen, you know, Look at this. It's just a week later. And now between what's going on in the Middle East and then the gas shortage, I, I don't know if that trip still goes on if this was a week later. No so chance. they're kind of fortunate, nope. right? That yeah. it's stuck in. Do you also find just um, you know, I would lo- I think that Vice President Biden, when he was the vice president, might have been a little more chatty with the press corps Um, I think it is interesting that Vice President Harris maybe. It's just more of an atmosphere or a feeling that she may say something or or, you know, you wonder if that directive is coming from the Biden people or that's just her comfort zone of of not really mingling. And and let's face it, it's basically afraid you're going to get asked a question and either you're not going to answer or you're going to give an answer that maybe doesn't suit what the administration wants.
0: That's exactly what it is. I mean, I don't know that it's for sure, you know, some sort of mandate from the president. But that's I mean. Remember, the the reporters who are there who are going to shout questions at you, you know, let's say, you know, from just off the plane or at one of these meetings, they, they don't care, quite frankly, about, you know, the, the business owner in Providence who has a compelling story to tell, unless it's an incredibly compelling story, right? They're, they want to ask you about, you know, foreign policy or, or something. Happy, you know, I think that day you and I had talked early in the day, the the decision from Facebook and President Trump uh, in the Oversight Board had come down, yes. so you wanted to ask uh, the, the Vice President about that. And really, I mean, the the goal of the press is to kind of get you to say something interesting, and that's not you know the Biden folks. They want to stay on message. They want this. They want to be able to just say uh, infrastructure and jobs and families and nothing else. And even. Uh, somebody did get a question in about President Trump and Facebook and the Vice President, who of course, I mean, she's smart. She's, you know, she knows she knew about that decision. It wasn't like she was surprised. Even even then, said, you know, I, I'd like to take a closer look at what the decision said. I haven't got a chance to, you know, read everything about it. So she even deferred or, or you know, c- kind of hedged on that decision. So you're exactly right. What this is is they don't want their uh, you know, their their secretaries or their their vice president to say anything controversial because it, it, you know how this works. It knocks things off the front page, it changes the the discussion. Um, and then, and remember, heading in, I mean, this was a big weekend. Every weekend right now for the Biden folks is big when it comes to some of the Sunday news shows, but this was a big Sunday news show weekend. I think you had Secretary Raimondo, I think you had uh, Pete Buttigieg. You know, so you had lots of folks. I think you have coming into this week. You've got Joe Biden on, on uh, MSNBC. And so what you don't want to do is have, you know, the White House answering a question about what the vice president has said or what the commerce yep. secretary just said. That I mean, that's this
1: is all about. Dan McGowan and, and Governor, excuse me, Secretary Raimondo, uh, her answer about people not going back and saying, I think it's more about, you know, a safety factor and child care. Uh I I don't know if you caught it Thursday, Governor McKee completely shot that down and said she must be talking about somewhere else, because we don't have that in Rhode Island and we have this and that and, and uh the secretary must be talking about something, you know, nationally, but not here in Rhode Island. And then she repeated it on Sunday Face the Nation. But Monday, President Biden did a complete reverse and said, Hey, listen, if you are offered work, you have to go back and you know, that's that can't be an unintended consequence. So the the line they were using last week uh, here it is a week later and it's it's again they've shifted from it
0: well and you want to know what the big difference is a terrible yes. jobs report right yes you're that, right that, good that, point that's you know, they, they had a bad jobs report Friday, if you read terrible. if you read between the lines there I believe uh, what was it Paul Krugman in the New York Times uh, you know an economist pretty you know liberal but certainly somebody respected kind of said well you know, if you actually look at the in depth in the numbers, doesn't necessarily mean that that you know some of the, those low wage workers aren't searching for work. We had the biggest growth in employment, things like that. But there's no question. I mean, the tone changed dramatically from that jobs report because uh, Secretary Raimondo wanted to give that quote to me. Right? She mm-hmm. it w- it wasn't a plant because I I knew what I was asking and I didn't you know tell her ahead of time. But right. she was she was thrilled. To be able to say on the record that that they do not believe that uh, you know that that the three hundred dollars in unemployment is a challenge. She, in fact, at the time, Montana was the first state to really say we're gonna you know we're gonna give I think a twelve hundred or thousand dollar bonus to people who come back to work and we're gonna end the three hundred dollars extra in unemployment. And I said to her, are you you know how how familiar are you with this? And he said honestly not as familiar with with what's going on in Montana I am f- familiar with the critique and she said that that's when she kind of went into uh you know governors can do what they want but we as you know as an administration feel like this is this remains a good thing and we want to keep it in place through labor day which is when it's supposed to end um so yeah there's a, a i think a somewhat of a dramatic turn and i think you're going to see it continue the reason being is we're heading into these summer months That's when not just in Rhode Island, but all over the country, you're going to see more kind of the hospitality, uh, you know, places open up, tourism open up. And that's where you kind of need a lot of these sort of low wage workers. Uh, And so it'll be really interesting to see if, if the Biden folks can, you know, either come up with on the fly some sort of new incentive or if they're going to kind of stick to what the secretary said and say, hey, you know, keep this in place through Labor Day. By Labor Day, everything will be somewhat back to normal, and, and you know, maybe we'll keep providing support to small businesses in the meantime.
1: Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DiPietro Show. It's spring, and time to call J. Cannel Engineering today at 401- 351 7600 J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon, it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have Central Air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, J.K.L., they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90% going to be a hot summer called jkl engineering today be nice and cool in your home this summer call jkl 401-351-7600 for 54 years jkl's reputation second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a navian certified factory dealer. Called J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. For, light, for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401-351-7600, 401 401- 351 7600 It's J. Cal Engineering. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, so Dan, I mean, think of all the law offices in Rhode Island. When's the last time there was a fire at a law office in anywhere in Rhode Island? When's the last time there was a fire at a law office in Warwick? I was at the site of the where the fire was last night at Speaker Sakachi's office. So it's six o'clock. The last person I believe that was in the building was there was someone in there that was doing a Zoom call, something connected with the city, and then he's at the state house, and the entire back of the building is destroyed. We're in the early stages here, but um, I, I, any thoughts on this story? This seems wildly suspicious to me. I'm speaking for myself, not you. I know it's early on. But of all the law firms and the new speaker, his law firm—and I mean that thing—is destroyed, and the fire started at the back.
0: Well, I, um, you, you know what I would say, John is—is—and is, you're right. Early stages. Look, fi- <laughs> fires in these days, in, in these day uh, day and in this day and age, are, are generally speaking suspicious, right? Yes. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about, we've joked about Providence that the firefighters one percent of calls are you know are dealing with actual fires, so think anytime that, that you have sort of a random fire uh, kind of break out, uh, certainly it is it, it's worthy of investigation, worthy of, you know, folks being somewhat suspicious. Right? I mean, look, when it's the Speaker of the House, it gets different scrutiny than if it's Stan Gowan or John DiPietro. Uh, wow. and, it, and it deserves that because it, it is. Now, I will say the thing is, you never know what the speaker is doing behind the scenes to make people upset. You know, if we were to go down that road generally speaking, I think Shikarchi's gotten off to a pretty good start. I think he's, he gen- he's generally popular among, you know, he, he, in fact, he's, he, I think he goes out of his way to try to be all things to all people, but uh, yeah, it's going to be worthy of an investigation. And you know what, by the way, kudos to the mayor there, Mayor Picosi, who was very quick, you know, out to yeah. explain what happened. He was on the scene. It reminded me a little bit of a, uh, you know, an old school kind of a Buddy Sianci thing of being at every fire, you know, making sure you're showing up. Now, this was a speaker, so you were going to show up, but he was one of the first people on scene.
1: Yeah, very, very odd. Dan McGowan, I learned in Roadmap, and uh, and you frame it pretty well, that this is a big day for charter schools, and especially charter schools, that they're expanding. They're not getting smaller. I think uh, some of the things you lay out in the Globe and in Roadmap, um, it's the most comprehensive that I've seen.
0: Yeah, it's a big day. Today is a big day because the Council on Elementary and Secondary Education think board, the state board of education, is going to uh, approve three new charter schools, all for mostly for Providence. There's a little bit of kids from Central Falls and North Providence, but uh, mostly for Providence. We're talking more than two thousand students eventually, you know, upwards of actually closer to three thousand. And uh, the, the most interesting thing is that they're moving forward. The state is saying we're moving forward at the same time that we do not know yet if the if state lawmakers are going to pass a moratorium remember the senate has already passed a bill that essentially freezes the expansion of charter schools for um you know for a couple of, for 3 years uh, and that's kind of up in flux in the in the house and it's one of those things from all the reporting that i've done and that i know it's one of these bills that the house doesn't want to touch but it's also one that end session you want something you know i'll give you this one it, it, it's a, it's very much in play for kind of a horse trade uh and so the what what this does is set the state kind of on this collision course because here's what happens if if the state approves which they almost certainly will these new charter schools today and then sometime in let's say in june the you know a moratorium is passed that's going to set up kind of an ugly legal battle because there's going to be this debate over whether or not you can retroactively uh you know stop uh charter schools from expanding one of the interesting things too john that i reported today is um excel academy which is this big school out of out of massachusetts has done very you know has, has been very successful out of massachusetts is going to lease uh, part of a building owned by owned by Joe Palino, the St. Joseph's Hospital building.
1: Right. Uh. Yeah. So
0: so they're going to be in in one part of that building, and remember, Joe Palino don't the rest of the building to the Providence school system because they're going to open up a separate school, a, a traditional school, um, in the rest of that building. So very interesting stuff because that means you could have a scenario where a a char- a very popular charter school is running. Virtually the same kind of school right next to it. will be the closest thing to, you know, really kind of an apples to apples comparison in some ways. Uh, you know, because it's it, it will literally be in buildings right next to each other, uh, traditional school versus charter school.
1: Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, and Dan also, boy, uh, your colleague ed Fitzpatrick lays out the new Polar Park in Worcester and. Boy, it looks, it really looks beautiful. And I, I mean, coming out of the pandemic, the idea of sitting outside in the sun at a new stadium, watching a baseball game, maybe having a couple cold brews. That seems very, very enticing. I'm very jealous of the people in Worcester. Well,
0: the folks in Worcester seem to have a great time yesterday. I was reading all the the coverage and uh, you know, the telegram and Gazette had a you know, sort of wall to wall coverage of it. And, yeah, I mean, things seem to have gone off kind of without a hitch and uh, the, the, the obviously a beautiful day for baseball. And Ed did a nice job, I think, of kind of summing up sort of, uh, you know, the, the the leftovers, right? You know, you got Todd Grebbian in McCoy Stadium, kind of still trying to figure out what is next for that, you know, that facility. And um, the more they talk about it, the less it sounds like you're going to see athletics there. It feels more like they're going in a direction of maybe a high school, you know, something else like that. I know they, they are still clinging to kind of clinging to the hope that they would be able to get maybe an independent baseball team. But, you know, Don Grebby and the mayor, I think, laid it out both to Ed Fitzpatrick. Actually, I think there's also a big article in the New York Times today about this. You know, the, he says that the the Worcester, the, the owners of the Paw Sox, now the, the you know, the, the Worcester Red Sox say, they wanted new. They wanted something new. Yep. And, and that's the challenge here. Is there, there is something special about, you know, the shiny new thing. And, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, being – I'm just not sure that if they were to do some sort of independent baseball team and it were McCoy, you know, but it, it didn't even feel quite like it was a, you know, real baseball uh, I'm just not quite sure it would work. Maybe maybe they do have to actually go in that direction of, you know, tearing the whole thing down and starting something new. Cause uh, it's going to be hard to imagine, uh, you know, kind of a, a low quality product in that stadium.
1: Hey, McGovern, now that you're a columnist, so you can give opinion, I'm curious. and <laughs> like to hear your thoughts on this. I think it was just a fiasco with the governor McKee and the Jerry Zarela fundraiser, just the, the, the the way that that was handled. I think that was a self-inflicted wound. There were a lot better ways to handle it than the way it was handled.
0: You know what it is, John? It's so funny. I've been wanting to write about this and I haven't quite found the words yet, but it, it, I think self-inflicted fiasco is exactly right. I mean, look, he, <laughs> this is one of those things that you could resolve behind the scenes. Yes. Right? It, it, it is completely reasonable that a a Democratic governor who's considered more moderate or conservative, you know, is saying, look, I can't have, you know, the association with a Trump spokesperson, it, you know, going into a primary thinking about what the kind of attacks that would happen to him. But there's a way to, you know, ma- make a move behind the scenes to say, Hey, you can't do this. kind. like, so, so there should be staffing there that, that, that makes that happen. Instead it becomes this, you know, multiple day, uh, fiasco. He has to come out hard with a statement against. By the way, a guy who's raised a lot of money for Democrats in Rhode Island. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not as though you know Zarella is a, a, you know not a household name. Now, again, I get it from the left kind of primary perspective. You don't want to be associated with that. You know, we could debate it all day, but I, I understand the premise. But to have to kind of come out with this, you know, pretty harsh and hard statement about oh. it. I'm just not, I'm not sure what he gained out of it because you know what? It's still an attack, right? If I'm Jorge yes. hey, Alorza, I'm going to say, look at this guy's associated with a Trump person. The facts don't matter on a, on a, you know, a four by eight mailer. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and so, so that was kind of my take on it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a self-inflicted wound. Now it's a year before they're even going to be seriously campaigning and things like that. Right. So
1: may but not be, still. yeah,
0: but still, I, I agree with you. I think it's a total self-inflicted wound.
1: Yeah, and Jerry Zarella is like the most transparent guy that you'd ever meet. If you ever sat next to him on a plane, by the time you landed, you'd have his whole life story, <laughs> and there's nothing hidden there. He brought Bill Clinton to, to Block Island Right. For crying out loud. There were a lot of different ways to handle that, but the heavy handed approach, the way McKee did, it, it left a lot of people uh, scratching their heads. Well, you know, and again, he- he's not Richard Bacari. I but- mean, he's Jerry Zarella for crying out loud. So you know it could have he's he's been friendly with Congress. i've i've been at an event at his birthday when congressman langevin was there he enjoys a good relationship with joe sakachi very friendly with the reed people that would you're not you know it wasn't cory lewandowski for crying out loud or <laughs> i i just thought it was really misplaced well and, it, and what it does yeah. is it it also just it, it
0: it leads to this conversation of okay so that was a no-no um I think Charlie Lombardi has said he's, he voted for Trump at least once. Yes. Uh, is it a no, so no. Right. Is it a no, no to accept their support? Uh, yes. Suddenly you're going to, you know, let's say Joe Palino wants to throw you a fundraiser. Well, yep. you know, you're going to what, what the McKee folks have struggled with so far and they've done, I think generally speaking, I think the, the vaccine has worked, uh, you know, generally speaking, they've got things going in the, at least the right direction. They fundraise well, whatever. I think that the one thing that they have struggled with and we've been talking about it for months now is they overreact to very little things. And the number of times yeah. I get a call for something I've tweeted, you know, about the McKee people, or, you know, again, something like this, where everybody has to go and, you know, lock down and they all have to exchange a million emails on a weekend to, you know, figure out how to work through this. When really the very simple thing would, would have been to, you know, have a quick conversation with, Jerry Zarella and just say, Hey, you know, this isn't going to work. And, you know, and and, and resolve it before it's even a problem. Instead, it becomes a major problem. And again, it opens him up going down the line, you know, you're going to have, he's going to get criticized for the, you know, the people that that give him money, all candidates do. So, you know, keep an eye because it's going to just keep coming.
1: Folks, each day I start uh, with a free email from Dan McGowan. It's called Roadmap. Dan, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to extend that to everyone listening.
0: Of course. Uh, uh, so the easiest thing you can do, in, in you know, before 8 a.m., every day, you're going to get new reporting from me, new analysis. Uh, you know, we talked about, a lot about the charter schools this week. Uh, we had a, a big thing about the Rhode Island Kids Count, which of facts and figures about kids that are important. Um, you know, lots of new stuff. You get all the original reporting. You get my columns. All linked to uh takes again five minutes to read. And the easiest way you can get it, send me a blank email. Don't have to write anything other than to news at globe.com. RI news at you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning.
1: Dan okay, McGowan, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again.
0: Talk soon, John. Thanks.
1: It's John DePetro on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website which is petro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Remember, do you need maybe a driveway paved or seal coating, patios, residential or commercial, J, letter J, J. Perry Paving. They always provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specialized in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, committed. They stay on schedule, all projects. They offer free estimates. Give them a call today, 732-732-732. 1730, 401, 732, 1730. And especially if you're a veteran or you're related to a veteran, do you need, whether it is a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving. They have your back. Learn about the benefits of asphalt paving. Remember, affordable, smooth, and safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free quote, 401, 732 1730 401 1730 J. Perry Paving. I want to play for you. Senator Ted Cruz absolutely tuned up Dr. Fauci. It's a little long, but it's worth listening to. Let's uh, listen a little bit of Senator Cruz and Dr. That's Fauci. To explore all
2: possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self interested in continuing gain of function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. That's right. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Yep. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years... Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the US, has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zhengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create superviruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the US and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then use this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. That's right. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan,
3: Senator Paul? With all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain... Dr. Barrett's gain-of-function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted
2: in North Carolina,
3: not in You don't think in inserting China. a
2: bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That you is not... You would be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain-of-function...
3: Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it has not gained a function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still
2: support sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, do you Virology support Institute. We sending money. We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a subagency uh, right. and a subgrant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute?
3: Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or
2: perhaps it would be China. responsible to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things naturally. that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the Noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been lab- fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Governor authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi and Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the... <laughs> Gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not
3: have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Iran. You support it in
2: the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're... You're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China. And it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again,
3: we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, you're, no matter parsing how many times words, parsing you say words. it, there was research.
2: Happen. There was research done with Dr. Shi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research, where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain of function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick, you can't deny it.
3: Senator Paul, your time has time expired. Dr. Fauci, I will let you respond to that. When We need to move on. Excuse me? You're, I will allow you to respond to that, and then we'll move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say, we, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair, we did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Thank you. Senator. Folks,
1: Gideon. again, it's, um, it's John DePietro. I, I just, um, Senator Rand Paul is just fantastic, isn't he? And yeah. I, I, I am right along with him. I, I believe that this escaped from a lab. I think it escaped from a lab. in Just as they said, something in Wuhan with a bat, no, I absolutely believe that's what happened. Hey, I want to remind you about our friends at uh, R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today. You know, pretty soon, they're expecting a very hot summer. How about centrally in your home? R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Whether it's plumbing or heating or cooling residential services commercial as cook says let us into your home don't fix it alone helpful trustworthy reliable re coogan and heating look for them on facebook and then the website is re call them today 401 732 do you do you need a plumber do you need some plumbing done call re coogan heating today 401 732 i also want to play Folks, obviously, the big story is this uh, gas. The uh, Right now, we're, we're, we're talking about a gas crisis that's happening right now. And there's a uh, piece that we warning have. Here we go on ABC.
4: Warning the cyber attack on the nation's largest fuel pipeline now leading to gas shortages as multiple states face dwindling supply. My gas tank is basically empty and all the gas pumps has out of service. The White House says it's now monitoring supply shortages in parts of the Southeast and is evaluating every action the administration can take to mitigate the impact as much as possible. Overnight, North Carolina declaring a state of emergency as pumps run dry and officials urge drivers not to panic buy. We are completely out of diesel and gas. But already, long lines and low fuel gauges.
0: Hopefully we get more soon because we're about out.
4: Gas station chain racetrack with more than 500 stations across the southeast already seeing temporary shortages and warning of potential issues from Alabama to Louisiana, Tennessee, and Georgia. As Colonial Pipeline aims to restore services by the end of the week, analysts tell ABC News the longer it takes, the deeper the impact. The impact now also hitting the skies. Certain long-haul American Airlines flights will make stops to refuel. Announcing trips from Charlotte to London and Hawaii will have to divert to areas with more supply.
0: When you go beyond five days out to about a week and a week and a half, you start running into actual physical losses. After 10 days of an outage, it would then become very challenging.
4: And while the impact from these problems are expected to be temporary, you should very likely see prices at gas stations like this one behind me continuing to rise throughout the coming weeks because we are entering the prime driving season. And, Michael, we've also reopened. The entire country is now reopening. That is causing much bigger spikes in demand than we saw last year. Last year at this time, prices were below two bucks.
1: Well, that's certainly not the case. I encourage you folks to gas up. This is a problem. The Biden administration is not prepared to handle the problem, but it's a problem. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. MEGA Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MIGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.